watch her videos. She's great. <laughs> well. Hey, love. Hey. <laughs> so. Last week. There was something I was going to say. About last week's episode, which is technically this Friday's episode, but now I can't remember. So, you guys are actually loving the Mystic Mysteries episode. Mm-hmm. Seeing, I'm seeing a lot of um, a lot of attention on it on my uh my insight page which is good because yeah. i'm actually coming in with a part 2 um these are a little different than the last one this um there're 19 stories in total i'm only going to do 9 and i'm going to save the other half for another video later on in the future. We do still have that alien episode coming up. It's not coming up this week or the next week or the week after that because there's a live stream happening that week, but probably the week after. <laughs> yep. I just want to put more attention into it, you know? Yeah. All right. So I think I'm just going to, I'm going to make up names. I'm not reading people's usernames. I'll just make up names. So I'm just going to say this is from Jamie. When I was maybe 10 or 11, I was homesick from school and was on the couch watching TV when the doorbell rang. It was the mailman. He told me I had a package, but it was too big and that he needed help carrying it. I wasn't that old, but I knew right away something was wrong. I asked him where his truck was, because I didn't see it parked out front. He kept telling me it was around the corner. I asked him why a regular mailman, who always brought lollipops, wasn't there. I was told he was visiting family. He kept telling me to open the front door, but I politely told him that I wasn't feeling well and I wasn't allowed to leave the house. He told me... Or I told him we would pick up the box from the post office, and he kept telling me how much of a hassle that would be, and about how my mom would want me to do her this favor. I told him I would come outside, but I had to get my shoes from upstairs first. I closed the front door and locked it. I ran through the house and locked the back door, then called my neighbor who was working from home. She was a close family friend. I screamed into the phone that she had to come over right now. I stood at the front door and stared at the man through the window. He saw me staring and yelled to the door, asking if I found my shoes. So I yelled at him that I called my neighbor to help carry it because she's older and stronger. He just turned around and ran away. They never caught him. I always wondered if he ever managed to trick some other kid. That feels very... Riverdale-ish. Yeah. I don't know if you like watching the new season. Uh, we haven't watched the new season yet. Uh, I still can't get past 
the one season that's like high school musical because mm. i don't know i i wasn't really a big high school musical fan it's so like season four yeah it's like no four season five. five yeah because well season six are all grown up oh really yes maybe i should just skip the season six yeah but season my friend i'm gonna miss up. something um but man i do you don't I'm really want a like play type you know what i mean like a musical type person yeah you don't really so. miss anything because it takes place seven years later oh okay yeah. like not to ruin it but they all stop talking to each other like they go to college and they haven't spoken to each other in like seven years wow yeah and like this episode or this uh season out now, season seven, yeah, is the very last season they're doing. So, but spoiler alert, there's a milkman in the new one that's mm-hmm. absolute batshit. So <laughs> so that's why I was like saying like mailman, milkman, it kind of reminds me of it. This one is from KK. Bodies in the road. Oh, nice. I was driving. (laughs) Oh, nice. Cool. (laughs) You're about to know why I said all nice. I was driving a shortcut from 29 Pine. Jesus, criminy. 29 Palms. California to Albuquerque, New Mexico. 29 Palms is located in the desolate high desert of East LA. The shortcut was completely two-lane road through total nothingness except for passing through Amboy, California. Amboy is a nearly abandoned town Nearly as far below sea level as Death Valley, with dormant volcano and lava field on one side and a flat or a salt flat on the other. It was also, at the time, a hot spot for a satanic group activity. Oh. Fun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was driving... By myself in the afternoon, I stopped at Amboy and snapped a picture of the sign just to prove... I was there to friends who dared me to take that route to I-40. I got back in my car and proceeded to drive up between the two mountain ranges between Amboy and I-40. Once I reached the top, I'm driving through a narrow canyon, or I'm driving north through a canyon with high grass on both sides of the road. Up ahead, I see some stuff in the middle of the road. As I approach, I slowed down to see a red Pontiac Faro stopped sideways across both lanes. A suitcase is open with clothes scattered everywhere, and two bodies are laying face down on the road. A man and a woman. I stopped about a hundred feet or so away, and the hair on the back of my neck standing up. But, being a Marine... I reached under the seat <laughs> and pulled out my 9mm pistol and chamber around. 
Something seemed very, very wrong. It looked far too perfect, as if it were staged. An ambush? Or maybe I was being paranoid. Something was just wrong. Getting out of the car seemed unthinkable. It was almost like a horror movie move. I scanned the road. I s- or as I scanned the road, I saw a line I could drive past the guy in the road on his left. Swerve to the right side of the woman behind the barrow and I'd be on the other side. I dropped into first gear and punched it and drove the line I planned. I passed the Fero without hitting it or the bodies in the road. I continued for a couple hundred feet then slowed down so I could breathe my heart rate or and let my heart rate slow down. As I look up into the rearview mirror, I saw the two bodies had gotten up to their knees and 20 or so people emerged from the tall grass on either side of the road by the car and the bodies. At that mm. moment, yeah, at that moment, my right foot smashed gas pedal to the floor and did not let up until I had slowed down for the I-40 on- on-ramp. I will never know what would have happened to me had I gotten out of the car to check them or stop my car closer to them. Somehow, I do not think it would have been good. Sometimes mm-hmm. real life can be far scarier than a movie. Uh, yeah. Give me chills, bad. man. Yeah, I was getting chills too. I was like, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> this one is from Nick. A group of people blocked the road. Something sort of like this happened to me as well. Once, when I was still too young to drive my mom, or to drive, hey, commas are important, guys. Once when I was still too young to drive, my mom came to pick me, my sister, and our friend group up from a concert at a local bar. It was around 2 a.m. As we were driving back to our neighborhood, which is in the middle of nowhere, no, seriously, we didn't live near the city limits, there weren't any streetlights toward our neighborhood. Or really, for at least five miles span around where we lived, it was always pitch black. We were driving along the street when we came up over a hill and my mom starts slowing down. Naturally, we start asking her why she's slowing down. She points at the road at the bottom of the hill and tells us she's trying to figure out what's happening ahead. We look and all we see is a huge mass of people walking around in the middle of the road, completely blocking it. Some even had torches. I kid you not... My mom slows down almost completely and starts flicking her lights, hoping they'll move, but they don't. She did a quick U-turn, and we went a different way. To this day, we still have no idea what those people were doing. This is why I tell everybody to stay safe out there. Yeah. You'd think that was like an episode of American Horror Story or something. All right. This one's from Lula. This story happened to my friend a few days ago, not me. One night, this girl was walking around the city when she started to suspect she was being followed. She went into a hotel lobby to try to shake the guy off. She told the staff what was happening and they insisted on calling the police. Finally, 
The police find him and take him in for questioning. They check the surveillance footage to see if he was actually following her. And he was. They arrested him. The next day, they get a positive DNA match for a number of crimes around the city. Oh. Turns out... Turns out he had ties to at least three unalived people in the last three weeks. Oh. So, yeah. No, she would have been number four. Yep. Definitely. I'm also really glad that that hotel helped her. Definitely. Because there are some businesses that really turn you away and tell you to get out of their store or, like, out of their business. Right. I don't know how they could be so cold. Like that's something. Yeah, I don't life. either. It's because like they just don't want to be a part of any of it. Like they don't want to get involved. I get that. It's but... like uh, what is, what is that thing called? It's called um, the bystander effect. Yeah. Because okay. either they just don't want to be involved, or they think somebody else they, will help. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I don't know how people do that. Because I'm like, mm, honey, I don't either. Come in. Please come in. <laughs> I'd rather you sit and waste my time for a couple hours on something that might not happen than to see your face on the local news. So. All right. This one is from Teddy. This is true, and I wish I could figure out a logical explanation for it. I misplaced a pair of earrings that I really liked. Nothing special, just 20 bucks at Walmart, but I wore it, or 20 bucks at Target. But I wore those things all the time. I couldn't find them. I looked everywhere. I especially looked in, around, and under my bed because I have a habit of taking them off as I'm going to bed and tossing them on the nightstand. Three days go by. No luck. Well, I'm getting ready for a date alone in my house, still thinking about those earrings, and miffed that I couldn't wear them. Right before my date shows up, I go back in my bedroom. Oh my god, I got chills. Right before my date shows up, I go back into my bedroom, and there the earrings are, resting on my pillow. Oh. To this day, it still creeps me out. Got chills. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, uh, I'd be like, Ugh. yeah, can I just stay at your place? Like, I don't even know you really, but can I stay at your place? I have no idea who you are, but now <laughs> I don't we're roommates. Stay here. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Like, who I don't want to stay here. <laughs> Man. Ugh. Okay. <clears throat> this one is from Kevin. Okay, this is a kind of personal story. Probably belongs in Reddit, no, slash, uh, r slash no sleep, but maybe you'll find it scary. I lived in an old farmhouse that was over 150 years old, and in the 1990s, at some point, had been used for the headquarter, headquarters for Union troops of Northern Virginia. Lots of creepy things happened there, but this is the shortest story I have. The house had a cellar, a stone cellar divided into two rooms, and it always made me uncomfortable going down there to get anything for my parents. One day, I was asked to find some menial object 
that was in the cellar, and I knew it would be. Okay. Okay. I knew it would be in the room with the boiler in it, the room that also had a dysfunctional light. So I made my way into the basement, and lo and behold, the damn light wouldn't turn on. But the object I needed was within the frame of light reaching into the blackness of the room through the doorway. So I walked a few steps into the room, grabbed the object, and randomly glanced around. Oh my god. In the corner of the room was a dark shadow about six foot mm. in height and humanoid shape. No mm. worries, though. My dad kept this six foot tall John Wayne cut out in the basement, so it had to be it. I calmly turned to my left and nearly jumped out of my damn skin as I came face to face with the John Wayne cut out just inside the doorway, leaning against the wall. Oh my god. I spun on my heels and stared into the empty corner where the dark shadow had been just moments before and sprinted out of the basement. I refused to go down in there for at least a month after it happened. No freaking thank you. No, no. All right. Oh, here's another spooky old house. Like, spooky old houses, they're stunning. They really are. You don't see craftsmanship like that anymore. But also, I really love to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I don't do. know if I could. Don't know if I'm strong enough. I don't know. I'm sure if you go back a couple, um, probably like 12 episodes, you'll hear me say, I ain't afraid of ghosts at some point. That's a lie. I just want you to know that. <laughs> I think that's a flat out lie. Yeah. Alright. This one's from Charlie. My significant other grew up in a house built in the 1800s. All of his life, he had a hinky feeling about the coal cellar, a tiny little room off the furnace. It came time to sell, and our contract slash friend, our contractor slash friend, asked if we wanted the slats pulled up in the room and a new cement floor poured. We said, sure. And they pulled up the slats only to find a much newer concrete slab had been poured underneath. Mm. Uh, my significant other completely blacked out and had the slabs put back down. Some things left better undisturbed. Some things are better left undisturbed, I guess. Everyone who spent time in that house saw or heard things. It was mostly completely benign, like every time I passed by his room, his parents' room, I saw out of the corner of my eye two or three people in older dress standing around the room. Then I heard another friend who had house set for us said the same thing. I even took down the drapes and rearranged the room, thinking it was a trick of the light and shadows. Nothing helped. Same friend stayed alone there, said he was awoken by people shouting at him. I'm glad that I never had that happen to me. Probably the weirdest thing was when my significant other was getting ready to sell the house, remodeling the kitchen, selling off antiques, etc. He was standing near the fireplace with antique deer, or dealer. Oh, an antiques dealer. And there was a largest 
four-foot carved wooden horse mounted above it. It had been there for 40 or 50 years. Suddenly, the horse jumps about three feet from the wall, landing at their feet. It wasn't like a nail finally loosened and the horse fell down. No, it jumped from the wall. Freaky. But probably the most disturbing was when my father-in-law was, quote-unquote, pushed down the stairs. The basement was creepy enough. And Warren of rooms rearranging from furnace ro- from the furnace room to the coal cellar must have been to what must have been a wine cellar, but that's where my father-in-law had his workshop shop set up. The stairs were steep and a bit treacherous. My significant other and I were living elsewhere at the time, as was my father-in-law, but he still used the workshop on occasion. He claims one night he was going down the stairs, felt a hand on his back push him down the stairs. He broke his leg, which took over six months to heal. Oh my god. I might discount this if someone was too inclined to woo. Oh, no. I might discount this if this was someone inclined to the woo-woo of it all. But my father-in-law was an active atheist and scientist. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't... He he probably believes... I mean, I would. At least, at least to that aspect. <sighs> it's like, you know, you still don't need to... You don't have to believe in the other stuff if you don't want to, but... uh. You uh-huh. did get pushed and down nobody the was stairs, there. and you broke your leg. Okay. Nope. I have to read. I've been making up names, because I don't want to read their usernames, but, like... <laughs> this is from... Mm-hmm. I'm reading this username, because what the fuck? This is from Bananas in My Uterus. <laughs> Uh, okay. I have two more stories after Alright then <laughs> Okay um, <laughs> It sounds like a you thing The title is Almost Kidnapped Because of Puppies <laughs> Oh my god Yep that'd be me Straight up okay i nearly got kidnapped when we were around seven years old my friends and i would go play at a nearby park next to my house we lived in a really secluded area the type where you can leave your front door unlocked at night and whatnot it was starting to get dark so we all started heading home i would take the path behind the ball fields while everyone else would go right out of the parking lot onto the street to head home. I got to the furthest part of the park where a side street leading to the street I lived on when a middle-aged man started walking toward me. I could see his SUV parked on the side of the road. He called out to me asking if I wanted to see his new puppies in the back. (laughs) I said no. <laughs> I said no. 
<laughs> I said no because I needed to get home before it got really dark. Years later, I had that holy shit moment when I realized I could have gotten kidnapped. Yeah, just dodge like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad you're God. safe, bananas in my uterus. <laughs> oh my god this is so long okay um i have this one and one more this one's pretty long so this might be okay. the last one i do depending on what time it is when i finish it because <clears throat> the next one is pretty okay. small you know what? i'm All gonna right. read the one after first and then i'll read that one okay this is from Abel. I was in a gift shop when I was around 13, and my family had gone to the bathroom. All of a sudden, I hear this noise behind me. It was an old guy, who I swear to the Lord looked like exactly like Charles Manson. Swastika forehead tattoo, crazy eyes, long scraggly hair, and beard, etc., he was staring right at me, playing with this noisemaker thing on sale. He walked over me and said, Would you like anything? I'll buy you anything you like. You just have to come with me. Mm. I smiled nervously and walked away, but he followed me, told me he'd like to take me home. Again, oh. I walked away. The guy was about to follow me, but seeing... But then he saw my mom come out of the bathroom, and he bolted. To this day, I've never told my parents. Maybe he was just a nice old man, but after pondering for a while, I've come to the conclusion that nice old men do not try to bribe young girls to come home with them. No. All right. This is a bit of a long one. This is for Grant. True story, honor system. I work in a warehouse that my father purchased. He bought it for 25% of its cost from a farmer who seemed very excited to be rid of it. It's in the middle of Mennonite country with no neighbors for half a mile around. Look out the window and you see cornfields and scraggly trees. And cell service? Forget about it. I work here alone, painting and prepping the front office portion for an eventual, eventual functionality. To get to the front office, you have to go halfway through the main warehouse, into the secondary office, then through another door into the front. I frequently hear bumps and thuds and occasionally will go into the warehouse and feel air movement, but I've always contributed to drafts and animal life in the roof. The only thing that's ever made me uneasy about the building is the fact that the, all of the door locks are reversed. Whoever installed these locks didn't intend to keep people out, but intended to keep people in. I was working, or I was in the front office when I began to hear a thudding. I ignored it and continued to apply masking tape to the door I was working on, but this time... It was accompanied by a screeching sound. Not loud, but audible. I was obviously freaked out, 
but convinced myself that it was just a pissed off raccoon or a squirrel that had found its way inside. I continued working until I heard a slam. The door to the secondary office had been opened. It sounded like it had violently slammed shut. I peeked around the corner and saw it was right. The secondary door was now closed. I tried to logic it through my mind that a strong draft had sucked it closed, although I knew there was no draft. The thudding began again, this time closer. I've never been able to put a proximity on it, but now it sounded like it was right on the other side of the door. I froze, unsure of what was happening. My eyes locked on the door handle, which had then begun to turn. The door disengaged from the lat latch and slowly swung open, wider and wider. But nothing was there. Nothing visible. No air movement, just quiet. So quiet. A quiet that mm. seemed to overwhelm me with its presence. A quiet so thick, I felt like I couldn't breathe. The quiet was shattered when that screech came again. This time, it was clearly human. Pained, angered, and emanating from the warehouse. The door slammed that it that immediately broke my frozen, fearful state. I ran, I got into my car, and drove until I was in cell range to call my father. He, of course, didn't believe anything about the doors closing, but agreed that the building had something weird about it. He told me he'd be right out. Fast forward a half hour, and my dad and I meet up and drive back to the warehouse. I showed him the door that slammed, showing him that it was separated from both the front office and the main warehouse, so no draft could have closed it. I told him about the thuds and the screeching and the sudden quiet that came over the building. He decided that we should check out the main warehouse. Emboldened by his presence, I of course led the way. Something you should know about this warehouse. It was a former man manufacturing furniture place owned by a Mennonite farmer. They made handmade chairs, tables, etc. Because of all the cutting that went on, the floor was thickly coated in dust. We walked into the fair, the warehouse and saw nothing out of the ordinary. The dust was untouched, the doors were closed, and windows were locked. The only thing out of the ordinary was that one of the hanging fluorescent light fixtures, it was slightly askew and swaying just a bit, insisting that we took a look at the mount to ensure that it didn't just break loose. My dad grabbed a stepladder. He supported it while I climbed up to the top, grabbing the light. I looked on top and saw a handprint. A single, fresh, inhumanly large handprint. No footprints in the dust around the light. No signs of a presence. I climbed down and switched places with my father. He saw it and said, what the hell? There's no one been in here for years. He climbed down and he told me that he had been suspicious of someone breaking in and stealing parts from the warehouse light system. He couldn't believe me that it wasn't human, that something wasn't right here. The last thing he said 
was nothing's here. Next time, just go back to work. <laughs> and then, as if to show its presence, the thud returned. This time, it wasn't just a thud, but it felt like more like... It felt more like an earthquake. The entire building felt like it moved. The heartbeat-like thud was overlaid by a screech. The awful, awful screech. It felt like it was coming from the walls themselves. We ran, and I haven't returned. My father hired someone to finish the job and has since moved into the office. He has heard the thudding. But thus far, nothing else has happened. What was it actually? I don't know. Nor do I ever care to know. I What I do know is that there is something paranormal in that building, and the man who sold it to us knew it. I'll never forget the sound of the lock turning by itself, or the feeling of the deafening silence. That was a lot. Yeah. I bet that ghost is being taken serious now, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Taken serious now. That was a lot. Wow. That's pretty good to end this episode on, actually. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Um, no. All right. Yeah. Well. Sorry, I had to say you can. No, you're fine. I wasn't missing anything. You're fine. This was kind of a smaller episode. But, um, when I, when I usually do these episodes, they are usually smaller. I like to give attention to, I like to do the smaller episodes to give more attention to those the stories. Which one freaked you out the most? Um, probably um, the one that had like the dead bodies laying in the road. Yeah. Yep. Bodies in the road. That one freaked me out too. That's scary. I mean, what do you do yeah. in that situation? I mean, obviously what he did, uh, yeah. but... That just kind of feels like uh, something out of a movie. Like hills have eyes or something. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck sleeping tonight, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. Hold on. You're going to actually think that this is pretty freaking hilarious. And it has something to do with paranormal. Okay. So I found a new podcast. Um, that this girl she just like she like kind of reviews movies at the beginning and then she also then she'll like tell a scary story so some of them are real and then some of them are out of books okay mm -hmm. uh but most of them are real um anyway so i was like i worked yesterday and uh which and like so it wasn't like a hard day at work 
Uh, but like, so I just had to catch up on cleaning because I already got all the office work done like way early. So I was like, oh, you know, instead of just like leaving early, I'll just, you know, catch up on like detailed office cleaning. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'll move stuff in the walls and stuff, you know? Anyways, and I told my boss and everyone in the office, I'm like, hey, I had my headphones in because uh, I'm cleaning and I'm like, you know, if you need me, like come tap on my shoulder because I, I can't hear you, you know, like I I want you guys to know, like, if you need me and you're talking, like, I'm not ignoring you, you know, right. anyways, so I'm sitting there all up in this podcast, like listening to this uh, uh, ghost story that is a true growth, true ghost story from Ireland. And um, it is like coming to a suspenseful part, by the way, because they were pretty much like they were trying to like exercise a house at this point. And, like, in the part, the ghost, like, just grabbed this dude by the ankles and was, like, pulling him. And literally, like, all his family members were, like, literally pulling him the opposite way. And this ghost was still winning, okay? So intense. And I was, like, so into this part. And I'm sitting there mopping. And I'm in the back, by the way. And plus, I also want to say that the office is haunted. So, (laughs) anyways... It is, and I hate going back in the back by myself because, like, that's like where you get like the creepiest vibes at. Right. Anyways, I am back in the back area, like where the kitchenette and one of the bathrooms are, just mopping away in this suspenseful part. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, one of the therapists comes through the curtain because we have like a curtain back there. So, um, just to make it more, you know, like hippie ish and holistic looking. <laughs> And I just, I, like, jumped 10 feet back and, like, squeal because the therapist scared the shit out of me. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. Because it was, like, right at that part, that suspenseful part of the ghost, like, literally trying to take this dude into a room. And this is literally at the part, at that part, is whenever the curtain just opens up. And but the curtain comes towards me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I see her yet. I like jump 10 feet backwards, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we're just sitting there laughing because, of course, I start laughing once I see that it's her because she's like, Oh, I'm so sorry, I scared you're like, Not only did you scare me, like, no, you don't understand <laughs> what you've done, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, it was pretty funny. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, but remember you are loved and you are wanted. Stay safe out there. And anything else to add before we go? Uh, no. All right. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.